And when he puts these people in the names of in there, um, it, it, what, he, what, he, what God is saying is that every person in his kingdom, every person in the kingdom of God is very important. And they are there with purpose and intentionality. So what about these names that we come across and we read? There's not much said about them. And even some of them, if you, you know, you look at some of these lineages, and there's this name that's really nothing's coming from them. But sometimes it's a one sentence person, and they're just barely mentioned. What do these guys say? And again, Jesus can go to everyone who's a boy to play, and he can believe in his heart the things that he's going to speak even through these to get in here. The vast majority of the names that you will read the Bible are not represented. Um, again, uh, I think it's the same way of the church. The majority of people that carry out the ministry, that carry out the vision and mission, they're not up front in the same And I want to encourage you that just because, again, you may not have a month, you may not be up front, but that means that you're less important to you than and the Bible says that we're not going to die. And I believe that's why we're given these different theories. It's to say, you are important, you are needed in the kingdom. Now, the key passage here, again, first Corinthians 12, verse 12, and then something in between 18 and 23, where it's looking at the human body and the human body. And Paul uses the church, and he's talking about the church, and he uses the illustration of the human body. And then Paul takes up the whole, one whole body, so they get the body of Christ. But I'm glad we have been talking about it to together just where the landscape to be near where we are because I'm close to the cross-training the body to be that had only one part yesterday, many parts of one body. Verse 21. The unless you never say it again, that I'm leaving the health care to the defeat of that leaving. In fact, some parts of the body that's going to be the least important is still the most necessary. You hear that? He's talking about the hidden part. The hidden part. And the parts regard is less honorable are those who clothed with the greatest care to be careful to take the parts that could not be seen. In other words, he's saying every, if you think of the body, if you even think of the world of things that are hidden, those are so important, so binding, we call clothing, the body of the world, and we are binding to the body of Christ. Every person, every person in the team, every person who said yes to Jesus, you are part of the body of Christ, and there is no extra parts that will slow around and do nothing. It is supposed to be that we are functioning, we are functioning, and the way God intended to make us a healthy body. So we need everyone. So we look through and we look at some of these hidden heroes of the Bible, which means and what God is thinking through their lives. And last week we looked at Tychicus, Phoebe, and Epiphanes. If you want to hear it, and tell you more about the later theory. First week at the New York Convention, we have those guys that are seen with the courage. Last week, these, these two people that we looked at were Paul's companions, and we had the team faithfully, faithful friends, faithful followers, faithful servants to come to And what Carrie gave that word this morning, and I, and I think it, it, it so resonates from about the tapping material of the layer, it could be a step to, to do something. All of these people, what, what, what is important throughout this group, all of these, the gospel has affected them something. Because of Jesus, what he's done for me, when you think of the, the wonder of the cross and the wonder of salvation that I was dead in my sins and in Christ, now I'm a, a 
while something extremely unhelpful do something and they will just constantly lose their faith or their faith or their faith and they are taking a step in the gospel. This is the gospel of the love of Christ compels you to do something. And that's why they were involved. They were, they were a part of a vision and they were part of something greater than themselves because they themselves have been suffering. They themselves have said yes to Jesus in the gospel. So something in them said, I, I now have to do something. I have to be a part of spreading this message to others. And the gospel has affected how the gospel affected you. In your walk with Jesus, how is the gospel? Do you understand that? Because of Christ, you have life. You have eternal life. And that when we leave this world, you have the promise of eternity with Him. And there's a reality to that. How has the gospel affected you? And so, this morning we're going to look at the, the last three of this kind of things that are really good. We're going to look at an Old Testament character and then a couple a married couple in the New Testament. This is Baruch, Priscilla, and Achilla. Maybe you've heard of them, maybe you haven't. But I would say their opinion that that curve was with Athenaeus and Gilman and the faithfulness with Ethan and Stevie and Athenaeus and Pickett's different. I would say it's zealous, constant, worthless. Zealous, constant, worthless. So let's really look at Baruch first. If, if you were here a couple of years ago and I did a series in the book of Nehemiah, you would recognize this name because I, I love this guy. Whenever I come across his name, again, he's a one sentence guy in the book of Nehemiah. And if you are not familiar, um, the book of Nehemiah is an Old Testament book. Um, the children of Israel, because of sin, uh, God had sent them. They had been taken captive, and they were spread throughout. And all the children of Israel were spread in different parts. They had been taken captive again because of sin. And so God used all of it to His glory. And the book of Daniel, remember Daniel and Daniel and Daniel and Daniel. They were a different group of people in a different area. And uh, in the book of Nehemiah, um, there was a group of Jews, and they are, uh, they've been held captive. Chapter 3, there's a list of a lot of people 
again, it's one of those lists, and, and, it, and it's giving this, and it's just, this person and this family, they begin to repair this section of the wall. And then this person and their family, they begin to repair this section of the wall. And then on and on, and this person and their family, and they were working side by side, and, 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 and they were working together, and they were fighting for each other, and, and in the midst of this, you had an enemy that did not want to rebuild the walls, and so there's intimidation on the bottom enemy, they felt the enemy trying to make them turn on each other, and, and, and trying to get them to be in the community, and, and not to work together, but to start fear and intimidation to not accomplish what God called them to do. Um, and I think the book of Nehemiah such a it's a beautiful Old Testament real story that I think also paints a picture of what the church is. That God has called us to a vision and a mission, and He has called us to do something to proclaim His gospel, to share the good news of Jesus around. And the enemy will fight against us, and the enemy will try to come in and intimidate us, and the enemy will try to come in and make us in, in, in this movie. And to fight against each other and to go against each other, as opposed to keeping our arms on what Jesus was happening. And that's why you have in, 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 in the body of Christ and churches, there's a lot of churches that, that split for seven reasons, and people get hurt and offended, and they begin to turn on each other. And this is what's going on in the book of Nehemiah, and I think it's a point of very pathetic future of the church. And so, in, in the midst of Nehemiah 3, of all these names, and it's very important that you learn from. And I love that story because every person that was a part of the rebuilding was a key instrumental part of what God was doing. It's no different for us. And we are called as the body of Christ to the kindness of the And we must keep our eyes on Jesus. We must keep our eyes on the vision and mission which is called us. Jesus, he just says, work while there's still a day because no one's coming and no one can work and we have a job to do to proclaim God for the truth. And so me and my team lift all these people who were faithfully doing it all. Faithfully working, carrying out, the rebuilding out the wall. And I was told, what's your problem, sir? Because how does the gospel affect you? Is it serving? Is it giving? Is it working in the Lama? Is it working in, with the youth group? Is it cleaning? Is it pictures? Is it talking? Is it doing talks? Is it connecting with each other on Sunday meetings? Is it joining us at the big store? Do we still have a community? Is it giving us becoming a part of the discipleship group? All of the things that, again, this person's doing. Not doing your own thing, but doing what is God has called this church to. You're called to be a part of what God's doing. There are no extra parts of the body. There's nobody in the, in the story of Nehemiah and that just kind of sat there and folded and then just kind of coughed at lunch and said, you know, I'm, I'm just going to sit here and watch everybody else and say, no, there's a problem. He's a problem to God. You've got to repair this part of the and you repair And we all work together. God's going to do something in the middle of all of this. And even in the midst of where the enemy is trying to intimidate, the enemy is trying to come in and drive the rest of the and get through the eyes on where God's going to do your part, and God always does his part. I want to also say right here, thank you to all those who are here who serve what God is doing and the deeper mission of what this scripture can tell you. 
most of you are people heroes, and they will all see day to day and week to week what you do to carry on the big commitment of this church and be one of those. Thank you, you are so wonderful. Please forgive me that I will thank you for that. I want to be better about it. And the next to be on my three is belief. And again, he's just a little among the other people, but there's something kind of interesting that's said about him and that makes him one of the hidden heroes and uh, one of the hidden heroes. And, and I always love when I'm reading the your Bible and I come across this name because it, it makes me think that I need to help me to serve and do the work of my Again, if you probably heard if you were here in the series, you heard me mention again, but I love Again, I, I love what's said about him. I want to recognize him again. The first time he finished on his planet, you know, because of where the path of this is kind of going right in the road, where he's lifting all the things. Next to him, there's someone dressed as the leader of Mitzvah, that there's another section of the wall, a philosophy of sense of the army, you're naming the wall. All these details. It's been an interesting, why in the Bible, why didn't God just say, and a lot of people rebuilt the wall? We're not, I mean, God, God would be fair to do that, right? And just saying, you know, almost giving it to, you know, that assembly, you know, like, uh, and, uh, and there's a lot of people. All these names are listed, all of them, by perfect and intentionality. And so you have this guy, this people really get next to him, which will lose him and survive who he wants. Zealously repaired. And a distant section from the angels of the door of the house of the electric and they stayed alive to the high priest. So he's zealous at heart. So the Bible, God wants us to know that in the Bible, the Bible wants us to know that he wasn't just working, he was zealously working. There was some excitement about what this guy was doing. He was glad to be doing He was so glad to be a part. In other words, something had affected him. He was left for God. There's something affecting his heart. He said, I don't want to be a part. I'm excited to be a part. I love being a part of this. Because Nehemiah, as they're going and the leaders are recognizing what people are doing, they get to this guy, and he's like, everything's really excited. And the, the enemies of people intimidating, trying to do a spear that has a rippling and working, and you're so excited to be into the jazz to be there. I'm so excited to be a part of it. And I don't know if it, but we're not told anything else, but it's almost like you just told a guy, you know, that you maybe you have a poor working, you know, people can go, you don't know what we're getting to do a lot here. You know how exciting this is? We're getting to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. God has given us the command. We're, we're doing this for God, and God is up to something. God is moving. God is working. He has brought us out of captivity, and it's a picture of the gospel. He's so excited. God has brought us. We were in slavery. We were in captivity. God has brought us here. And look at what he's doing. And again, this picture of the gospel, that how is the gospel affecting us? I was glad. I was dead in my sins, and Jesus saved me, and he's given me life. Abundantly. Maybe I'm not in Anytime I read this guy, you know, I I pause and I just think, Lord, I don't want to directly remember what we've done. I don't want to forget this. 
Because, you know, people that when we're, when we're Christians, we sometimes so easy for us to get into the mindset of just a, yeah, Jesus died my sins. And you're Jesus out for your sins. You were dead in your sin, and now you are alive with us. You have a promise of eternity in heaven with you. I don't ever want to forget that. So you're going through the prayer, why is this thing from God wants us to know this? He's recognizing this to me in the not just being a public, but pastor the general is called. He had great healing of his spiritual world. He isn't in front of anyone. He doesn't have any leadership in his family. He's not a you know, he's not a part of the new model and the leadership team. He's behind the scenes, but he's dead and working. Now, he didn't know what Leo means. Leo means an eager desire. Enthusiastic diligence. Eager desire. I can't wait for you. I'm waiting on you to do Enthusiastic diligence. Is that part of what he's supposed to visit? Does this describe your involvement in the kingdom of God? Does this describe your involvement in the church? Being a part of the body of Christ, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, so to remember that we get to be a part of a co-laboring and Jesus-sifting lives transformed. That when we see somebody go from death to life in Christ, that means their their whole eternal destination has changed. That we get to be a part of that. We get to be a part of sharing the good news of Jesus with others. Eager to die. It gives me that ability. That is now let's look at the story of the and what we can Who are these people? Maybe you've heard of them before. You've got read again. These, are, uh, these two people are a married couple. They are part of Paul. You know, they're all here of Paul, the Apostle Paul, who went and claimed to be Christians. He wrote these letters to the churches in the again. That's where we get most of them in Testament also. And in, 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 in these letters, a lot of times here at the beginning of the ending, he is thanking and remembering those who were a part of the, of the ministry. And he, and he mentions them by name because the thing could not do it without them. They are such an integral part of what God is doing. So, for Phil and Kelly, they're going to a couple who Paul mentions that are part of his ministry team. They were partners with him, and he, that he talks about, he mentions people again, he mentions them all. The story of these people, again, it was told in Acts 18, I won't go there, and we're just in a moment, and we'll show you that he mentions them. Um, but they call the Philip, it was Jewish Christian, and his wife was Philip, they first met Paul in the city of Corinth. They became good friends, and I'm telling you, when, when we're working together, we're like the book of Nehemiah, we're working together as good friends and loving one another. They shared in his work, eventually the Canadian church met in their home. And so they, these two people have a little set two hidden heroes there, and they're immediately given encouragement to us. Before we first see them, they're told that they had come to Poland from Italy as a little country to say, They were victims of Roman persecution. Again, the church was a lot of the church was, was, was growing. There was an intense persecution all around. People were, of course, were being arrested and, and, and they were sent to prison. And so they, they came to Poland from Italy and, uh, because of Roman persecution. Not for the Christian faith, but because of Paul, they got a few. 
Even for Claudius, expel all Jews from Rome. And the Jews even unsafely removed that next part of everything. And so, they fell into trouble. They found their way to Corinth. They settled there, pursuing their favorite treatment, as I call that day. They were kind of um, Bible faithful and ministry. And Paul, the treatmaker himself, continued to Corinth. He went to see them, and he heard about their faith in Christ. And Paul lived and worked with them while founding the Corinthian church. And so they were very much a part of that church. And this couple was just not with this hugely instrumental in So let's look at a couple places where they need them. So if they toward the end of Acts 18, because meanwhile, there's meaning with Paulus and other things to do with the Again, Paulus, we could actually talk about Paulus as another good hero. Um, this is a different value. He's an Isaac speaker. He knew the truth as well. He had arrived in Acts from Alexander and he had been taught the way of the world and he taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit. So here's another guy who's filled with fear. He's enthusiastic. And with accuracy. However, he knew only about John's baptism. Say John the Baptist, he, he knows that Jesus is coming, and the only knows about John's baptism when he's still in Philip's church and speaking boldly in the synagogue. They take him aside and they explain the way of God more accurately. And so they call his passion and his heel, and so they pull him off his side and they lovingly are encouraging him. He said, You know, we love his heel, we love his passion, but um, we, 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 we're noticing something that. Christ had come and fulfilled John's prophecy, but he didn't know the significance of Christ's death and resurrection. He didn't know about the baptism of John. So he wasn't fully aware of the whole story of the good news. So Christ's death and resurrection, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Spirit. And they are explaining. They take it aside, they take it aside, and they, and they speak that they, they possess the in-depth understanding of the doctrine that they had learned from Paul. They were with Paul and they took Paul's because Paul, again, he was a Pharisee of the highest order. He began to teach doctrine, he taught Timothy, he taught the pastors, if you to read that, he taught them about doctrine of the church, and they were still employed with students and friends, and so the teachers all were with me, and so they were able to help this man follow and encourage them in the ways of God. And so they were connected to all others to the point of knowing the vision and the mission of the ministry that God is holding us to rest from the benefits of faith. Sound up to them to be able to give guidance to the faith that they did with the power of themselves. This speaks, first of all, to their heart that's connected to all and the connected to what Jesus was doing in the gospel. And then in Romans 16, he's again another place for all movements, many people. Listen to what he says about them. Give my dreams to he's in he's in a different place and, and he's writing this letter and, and, and to the, the, the church in Rome, but give my dreams to pray for my favorite in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they want to risk their lives for me. You don't just do that for anybody, right? I am thankful to them, and so are all the contestants. It's also good on reading for the truth that leads in their home. So there's a lot of cases that just kind of getting the truth from that to show and return and giving them heroes and what is God saying about them. Again, they were co-workers in the ministry. Paul said they lived their lives for them. We're not co 
all the details of that story. We don't even know what happens, but Paul was saying, they're going to they, they risk their lives to you. They lay down their lives. In other words, they so zealously were in love with Jesus and the gospel that they were, they're willing to do whatever. They're true friends. He has a greater love. There's no one in this and one would lay his life and put friends and basically refuse to lay his life down for us and all the good friends that even these people who tell you so these people that they lift their lives to the earth for the sake of the gospel. Laying down their lives for children and giving to themselves as well as for the community. He speaks to their faith and their unity. I'm saying to Paul, we've got your friends. We're fully with you. We are so in tune with this heart. We, we've got your back, and we're going the same direction as you. And we jealously follow you. Jesus together. And then we still get my dreams to the church that meets in our home. Again, so a lot of churches were born at home because they could to keep doing the work. You know, when the church was born, the, I mean, at the end of all the they were leaving their home because the synagogue was rejecting Christianity, and so it's not like they could just build a building and the church to get a new home. And so this place speaks of that peace and entrusted a church that was leading in the facilities. You don't have to tell anyone you need to have a church in your home. And the, the church that leads in their home speaks of their hospitality, it speaks of their, again, the commonality, the trustworthiness, and the faithfulness, and how it's totally out of the way to the community. To Peru, Castilla, I pray, really filled with this unity. So I want to look again at what this story is. To God, the heart of all to all believers and to all of us. And he's great. I to get into the and certain things And he's talking about the body of Christ. But he's talking about the body of Christ. from his body of Christ. I'm just giving you the ability to talk about the which is the one that they just want to give you. If you get to serving others, serving them well, none of them you're, 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 maybe if that's not your primary spiritual gift that you serve, so we should all serve. We should all be serving. Jesus is God, modest to God. If you're teaching peace, right? If your gift is being served, that is being served. But you know what? Everybody can include it. Everybody can serve. If it's giving, give generously. We can all be giving. We can be giving because what we're saying is because of Jesus, because of God, and nothing to my own belief is that all belongs to me. Paul's saying, if these are your thing, do it. If God has given you the gift of leaders, then take the responsibility seriously. If you have a gift of certain things that are smooth and awkward, then they can leave you a bunch of questions to answer that matter. Really love me. Hate what is wrong, but tell me to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honor and And then he says, There's never been reason but work on the third day of enthusiastic. It's weird. Never really but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastic. And this is what that word here means. Or he says, Serve the Lord that it does here. Or unless the fear that does you as you serve the Lord. 
you like the roof on the wall that you hear that people recognize like, what is going on? The gospel has affected me. The gospel, the good news of Jesus has done something to my heart. And I can help to be zealous for the kingdom. I can help to be excited about the church and, and the gospel of Jesus and what he's doing in the lives of people. Enthusiastic diligence, eager desire. But then they tell what if what if we just it's just our space? What if we live the classic life? Everybody on their personal life, everybody doing what they're called to do. Loving, serving, giving, encouraging, loving, serving, giving, encouraging, taking life, honoring each other. Zealously working, excited about what God is doing, letting the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit, yeah, let the Holy Spirit excite me. That's what sometimes we need to talk about. Holy Spirit, give me the excitement from Him, reminding me of why we are doing what we're doing, reminding me of the gospel of the day, reminding me of the thoughts and what that means to me. Remind me of the resurrection that is not just something I celebrate on Easter Sunday, but the resurrection of Easter Sunday and Easter every day. He is alive. And we serve a risen Savior who is making a place for us in heaven. And He's given us life and the ability to proclaim His gospel. And the world while it's still there because there's coming a time when we won't be able to work anymore because either He's going to return or we're going to die and we're going to be with Him. What would happen if we would live this past event? What would the kingdom of God look like? What would our reason look like? How would the world receive the gospel if we were living this gospel as well as to be honoring each other, loving, serving, giving, to it? The love of Jesus is compelling you. Not the world can try to be God and love you, but it's because of His love. I can't not just sit back and do nothing. I have to do something. I don't want to be inactive. I don't want to just show up once a week. I want to be involved in what he's doing in the kingdom of God. What would happen to the church? What would happen to our religion? What would happen to what God has called to the church that needs to be? Serving the Lord and He's blessed to I get to do this in the So I'm going to tell you on that day when we see him face to face. And when I get there, my prayer is God, I don't want to have a little bit of I don't want to go to my, my death and I wish I would have. I, I, you know, I, I, I wish I would have been more involved and I have had these regrets of not doing what you called me to do. And I, don't, I want as little regret as possible. I want to serve him with a zealous heart, healthy spirit, to be studying my work, Jesus, to allow his love to compel me, that I can't help but serve him and honor my, my brothers and sisters and share the gospel with people to, to love and serve and give and listen to peace. Because of who he is and what he's done. On that day, I'm going to see face to face with an amazing that it's coming for all of us. It's coming for all of us. We will all stay before him. This life is not all there is to Eternity is waiting for all of us. Eternity is right there. Eternity is waiting for all of us. And we will 
stand before you and we will give our time. First of all, did we give our lives to him? Did we accept his sacrifice? Did we accept his giving to Jesus? Or did we live our own life and say, I'm going to say something back, my mind, I'll do it better than you in it? Because we're first of all going to come up and then come up with the gospel. What did you do with the death, the resurrection, and the decision to be under the sins and to be not to say, God, you don't want to be like you, but you can't even live the way you want to live. But because of you, I now want to live differently. I'm going to make different decisions and choices in my life. And I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on you. I'm going to go and I'm going to make it right again. I'm going to repent. I'm going to walk with you every day. Because we're going to get him coming. And we will stand before a righteous judge. And the account will be, what did you do with the, the sacrifice? The gift of salvation that was given to us. Did you receive the gift or did you reject the gift? Did you make him Lord or did you remain in the But the other account will be, is what did you do with a member of my family? What did you do with a member of the body of God? Were you a hand that did nothing? Were you a foot that did nothing? Were you a knee that did nothing? And you just sat there and you did nothing. You got saved and you did nothing. And you showed up and you walked and you did the minimum requirements and you just said, what, what, you know, what's the minimum thing I have to do to get to heaven? Let me check that box. Because that's not what we're seeing. Did you be okay to live for him and have him live through us and have the Holy Spirit give us power and light to live through him that we can't help control, but we can so lovingly share the gospel with the world around us? The love of Jesus can call to you. What are we doing with what we can do? It's the truth is that we're the case of a zealous person and clear testimony. They're excited to put to do something. That's what we were talking about on the last Sunday. You know, I just wonder what that other method imagination is. What does that make it? What would be doing that they would pause and they're listing all these things? Remember, you know, Nehemiah's writing, and he's like, this guy, and you know, he's Joe, and then God, and not that those are guys in the bumble, but you know, he's doing this, and he's doing this, and we want to recognize them. And then he pauses, and he's just like, well, you know, I have to just, I don't need to say that. I need to, when we were walking by, we kind of squished around and attacked him on the head, you know, and he just threw it. I'm like, what the fuck is this doing? And I imagine that, look, me and I, it's probably just going to be that little smile because he's writing this. And it's going to be historically recorded. Maybe he didn't know, but God was going to put it in the Word of God that he's hung up forever. And it's going to be in the name of him. It's something about that. Jesus, 
life faithfulness to the development of the If we're still in the pillow, you know, we call this place, we have to be here for you. I never have to talk to you. Because if you love Jesus, if you love the gospel, you have no qualms about trusting people to you. I know you're, you're not going to go off the rails and start doing your own thing. You are going to be committed to what God has called to do. And then you can trust you. They get it done, they do it with us, and they pray up their day. They can't wait to do it. And they say, Dear God, I want to be like that. I don't want to be free because I'm coming to you. Right? I don't want to put the mind up and then walk down the road. I don't want to do that. I want to live it too. So I want you to play the role of God. That's what it is. Thank you too. What's God revealing to the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit convicting you of what He's speaking to you today. That's what I want you to go on with today. I want you to. I want you to process this carefully. And my James says, don't, don't be, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. Don't just, he said, you know, he said, he means that we can, we can have something stand inside looking at something and doing it. He said, we walk along and get over here that we do. Don't just be hearers. So I'm, I'm, I'm young and more active. And that's, that's what I'm saying. So what he's going to speak to you, he's going to give you a little bit of Holy Spirit to tell you, you can read me to you that, this is the principle of 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 the